Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily today discussing some of the injuries coming out of training camp and how they will affect either the way teams play or just really change what teams have to do because of the injury. So let's get into it. Sam, we started talking about this in part because of the Irv Smith injury. We're talking about a tight end who's only been a number two tight end for the majority of his career, but the Minnesota Vikings it seemed like they had a very big plan for how they were going to use Irv Smith. So him being out for the season has to change everything Minnesota is going to do offensively. Yeah, this was supposed to be the Irv Smith uh, breakout season. He you know, had been used as a decent part of that offense before since being a, a second round draft pick. Got 49 targets year one, 41 targets year two, including the playoffs. This was supposed to be the year, though, without Kyle Rudolph, where he could step up and be you know, the true elite receiving weapon that everybody thinks he can be. Um, the Vikings seem to have had that plan and then boom, gone. Went from, like, this was a weird injury because everybody was saying they didn't even know when it happened. Like, he left a preseason game, was all smiley and jokey and no indications that there was anything wrong. And then it's, oh, Irv Smith has a, a knee issue that's going to need to be dealt with. And then boom, actually, he's, it's surgery and he's gone for the year. Um, and then Mike Zimmer asked about it, was basically saying, yeah, we, we planned on using him a lot as a you know, receiver on third downs, and now that's actually going to have to be a wide receiver. We're going to have to use a third wide receiver. And Zim hates that. The Vikings don't do that. So that's a whole brave new world for them. But this changes their offense, potentially. I mean, they're going to have to completely pivot away from this two tight end system um, and use that third wide receiver, which, of course, for Minnesota is not a particularly good player yet. That That's the reason why we're discussing this. It's not just every injury or just the biggest name players. It's it's why, how are these injuries going to change the way teams have to actually play tactically? And Minnesota, they did trade for Chris Herndon from the Jets. Let's not forget, we're, we're a couple years removed from Chris Herndon being one of the better stories in the league. A really nice rookie season in 2018, 78.7 receiving grade, just hasn't touched that since injured only played 18 snaps in 2019 and then last year 53 receiving grade he has the skills at 6'4 250 plus to maybe replace a little bit of Irv Smith but the, the whole point is Minnesota loves to run two tight ends they love to play with a fullback they don't love to play with three wide receivers and now yes tactically something's got to change here they haven't built their team to run three wide, really? No, not at all. And they haven't invested in that position particularly hard or well or chased, you know, elite playmakers at that spot. And everybody was always making the case, well, they don't really use that third wide receiver, so why do you invest there? Now, my point before all of this was that, hey, look, if one of your top two gets injured, that's when you need a third guy that can step up and be something more. You know, if Adam Thielen misses some games or Justin Jefferson misses some games, you can't have what they currently have on the depth chart because none of those guys are capable of stepping into a starting role. Um, and now all of a sudden you actually need them to be more than just, you know, a nothing part of your roster. You need a third wide receiver that can elevate and be replace what you were going to use Irv Smith. So can D.D. Westbrook do that? We haven't seen him yet because he's been battling his own injuries. Um, you know, there's some players on the roster, but major question marks. Yeah, and I wonder how much it's going to be more of the Dalvin Cook show, yeah. you know, and, and, and taking even some of the even some of the passing targets. Dalvin Cook, he's not one of those guys that you line up all over the place and let him run routes like a like Le'Veon Bell in his heyday or Christian McCaffrey. But Cook's one of those guys you throw him a screen pass like he did 
like against Green Bay last year, he takes those to the house, you know, at times. So I think you might see a few more screens. Cousins had a ton of screen yards over the last couple of years, in part because of Dalvin Cook. So it's just one of those interesting stories around the league. Unfortunate for Irv Smith, but unfortunate for the Vikings because it does directly affect their strategy, which is get big, tight ends, fullbacks, run play action off of that, and really rely on two wide receiver sets that they need to adjust to. Um, there are bigger name injuries than Irv Smith. Stephon Gilmore is on the pup list for New England, and that's another one that could potentially lead to different strategic changes. Gilmore is one of the best straight-up man corners in the NFL, and I'm wondering if New England, their first few weeks, changes. He's out for the first six weeks, and that includes a game against the Bucs yeah. with their 18 weapons that they need to cover. Are the Patriots all of a sudden going to revert back to playing a little bit more cover two and uh, some of the other things Belichick's done at other times in his career. It is interesting because like this whole Gilmore stuff has been talked about as, as you know, him not wanting to play until he gets a new contract, you know, or a, an adjusted contract and the Patriots sort of holding steadfast and it's been a bit of an impasse and now he's on the pup list and he's going to miss at least six games anyway. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what this Patriots defense does look like without him and how, how much they need him when they come back because They've got some young, talented players, guys like J.C. Jackson, who has some incredible coverage numbers in in his career. Even if they are inflated a little bit, you know his PFF coverage grade, which will factor in the plays that are sort of incomplete, but not because of anything he did. You know the the classic overthrown oh, yeah. pass where a DB is celebrating or whatever, as if he had anything to do with it. J.C. Jackson's got a few of those in his tape, which skew his numbers a little bit. Um, but he's, he's a good player, and, and the Patriots have a pretty talented defense. Again, all of a sudden, you know, how much are they going to miss Gilmore and what he allows them to do from that man coverage standpoint? We'll finish up with the Patriots in a second, but don't forget the NFL is back. That's why we're talking about it. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, just to point out to Belichick, we, we always tout him as a guy that's willing to do anything and changes it every week. The reality is he likes to play pure man coverage recently. That's what he's done pretty much since Gilmore got there in 2017, especially. But early in the season, Belichick's a little bit more likely to experiment, and this could be a time to do that. Um, a couple of the other big injuries, and we'll talk more about these on the PFF NFL podcast, I'm sure. But Michael Thomas is on the pup list for the Saints. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that changes anything strategically with them. I thought it might a few weeks ago. I thought it might lean to them toward Taysom a little bit. And then David Bakhtiari, maybe the best pass protecting left tackle in the league for the Green Bay Packers. Does that put a, it definitely puts a little bit more stress on the Packers and shuffling guys around. Elkin Jenkins will take over for him. But does that, does that change the passing attack in Green Bay when you lose one of the best in the NFL. I mean, not if Elton Jenkins plays as well as everybody thinks he's capable of. I mean, he is getting incredible rave reviews for a player who is A, just generally fantastic, and B, 
fantastic at every position. I mean, being talked about as a guy that can legitimately play at a Pro Bowl level at all five spots along the offensive line, which is probably unique in the NFL right now. I'm not sure there's a single other offensive lineman you would be confident playing at that level at all five spots. So if he's able to do that this season, A, it's incredible, but B, it also mitigates you know, the, the time that they're dealing without David Bakhtiari. Yeah, what a weapon Jenkins is for the Packers because when Bakhtiari comes back, you can play anywhere else that you need him. So they can figure it out. Right guard was a question mark, but rookie Royce Newman has done a really nice job for the Packers. Uh, Billy Turner is going to step in at right tackle right now. Maybe Jenkins ends up there if that's not Turner's best spot, which, again, historically he's been a better guard. But that's just something else to to think about early in the season as far as injuries go and you know potentially affecting things. Uh, what about Michael, Tom- Michael Thomas in New Orleans? How do you think he's going to mesh with, with Jameis once he gets back? And how, how does that affect New Orleans' offense? Again, it's a case of if the Marquez Callaway thing is for real, they're in, in really good shape. You know, Callaway emerged in preseason, looked like he could be an actual number one wide receiver um, and could A, hold the fort down while Michael Thomas is on the pup list, but B, like compliment him really well when Thomas comes back. Assuming Thomas remains in the role he's always had, which doesn't ask him to run that many vertical routes, Callaway can do that. Like they, they become a perfect complimentary one-two punch um, in addition to Callaway being able to just keep things ticking over while Thomas is down. So I, I think if that is is the case, and you know it's a really small sample size for Callaway still, maybe we've just seen the high end of what he's capable of and that won't show up again. But if he's that guy, I think the Saints can be really fun down the stretch. When Michael Thomas gets back, it'll be like Jameis... Jameis wants to throw to Callaway. That's his guy. He's the guy down the field, and Michael Thomas will be Sean Payton's guy. Right? Hey, Jameis, you got to feed Michael Thomas. He's going to be open. It's going to be safe. You're going to move the chains. So that that will definitely be uh, fascinating to see once they all get to work together. So uh, nobody likes injuries at this time of the year, but some will affect teams a little bit more than others. Just wanted to break down some of those for you. We'll have even more injury analysis over on the PFF NFL podcast. Right now, wrapping it up for the PFF NFL Daily. 